1: My name's Chris Miller. My name is Paul
0: Anderson.
2: My name's Mark
0: Boyd. Hello. My name is Derek Combs and I listen to the Blue Army podcast. My name is Maddie Robson and you're listening to the Blue Army podcast. <laughs> That's just <a> different
2: part. <laughs> I, well, what you were gonna say, lad, sorry.
1: I was gonna say it turns out you could have watched this match on follow. Oh, I didn't know that. Which one? The uh well, the one of the weekend.
2: Oh right, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that. On Facebook, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's because no... it's
1: international break. Ah, so yeah, ah. I, was, I never noticed the international breaks, but yeah, I could have watched it and then it'd have more to say.
2: Ah, so I didn't. No, I didn't realize that either. So for the listeners out there who aren't so sure, um, so you can watch Carla United on iFollow, but only during the weekends that there's an international break during the season. Is that the crack?
3: Oh, and like any Tuesday night matches
2: any Tuesday night matches as well yeah any Tuesday night matches as well alright so it's the Papa John's trophy and I follow
3: don't think
2: that is No. Uh, I
3: don't know I know it is it is the Man United one was Ah, uh, right. It must be.
2: All right. Okay. So also Papa John's action can be found on iFollow for anybody that wants to... Wouldn't pay for it like... <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get we'll, we'll get round to the Fleetwood game at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, just a little reminder for the listeners out there that there isn't going to be a podcast next week. I am getting married. So <laughs> I'll be on uh, a little bit of a mini moon and therefore <laughs> completely indisposed pretty much. Well, hopefully that's the plan. And uh, so there won't be... There won't be an episode next week. I probably should have been more organised and got one of those player interviews in the bag, but no one's biting at the moment, you know? No one's biting at the moment. I did try and reel someone in and they're still still on the hook. They're still on the hook, but as I I don't do anymore, I'm not going to tease who they are until I get these interviews in the bag. But rather than talking about things that aren't happening, should we crack on and talk about things that have happened and I'll get the show started there?
1: Yeah.
2: Happy days. Oh. Maris. How's it gone? And welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is, of course, episode 85. And I am absolutely buzzing to once more be joined by the two men I call the Cumbrian Brain Trust. That's right, Wills and Liam Denwood from Blue Army TV's YouTube channel, or YouTube channel called Blue Army TV. <laughs> how's it going, by the way? On the, I don't think we've spoken about your YouTube channel for a little bit. Like, uh, how's that sort of like been developing for you with the new season? It's kicked off, with the numbers. Is everyone excited with Paul Simpson and things? Like, how's it going?
3: Uh, it's ticking along nicely. I'm, it's just it's a steady growth as it has been for quite a while. Like, it, I'm waiting for a big draw in the cup because <sighs> when the last time my channel had like a big sudden burst. Was went in the Cardiff games because they're the the videos that get the most views and the most growth out of a video is like a Championship or Premier League team in the FA Cup. I've noticed. So if we could stop getting knocked out by fucking Shrewsbury every single yeah, that'll, that'll
2: be- <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting through to the later rounds. Eh? <laughs> right. I mean, we're already laughing, lads, but. You know what it's time for at the start of the show. It's everybody's favourite feature. It's time for the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? Think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army Podcast Podcast. Joke of the Week. You can tell I'm excited for this one. You can tell I'm excited for this one. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Which hospital department? Is it impossible to play hide and seek in?
1: Oh, dunno which which type of house.
2: The ICU.
1: Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was all right. That was. I, I thought that was quite good. Yeah, that was okay. Next time, laugh into the microphone then, please, Liam, if you don't mind. rather than shining away but no that was all right I thought that was all right anyways we'll crack on with our content gentlemen it's time for loan watch as we recently learned Sam Fishburne was loaned to Blythe Spartans then recalled and scored some goals in a reserve game against Fleetwood and then put back out on loan to Morpeth town and unfortunately things haven't really Got off to the best of starts for Sam as Morpeth Town suffered a 3-1 defeat to Radcliffe. And uh, the only information I've really got is that Sam Fishburne was on the bench. The best information I can get for Morpeth Town is on Morpeth Town's Instagram page. And they don't really do a match report or anything like that. They just give you starting lineups and who's on the benches and things like that. A little bit difficult to find out if he came off the bench. I assume he did. Uh, anyway, Sam Fishburne's next opponents are going to be his old team Lancaster City. So, you know, that should be a nice bit of fun for old Sam Fishburn while he's out on lawn. Uh, Max Gillespie played the full 90 minutes, but unfortunately his Arran side suffered a humiliating defeat by a non-league team called Keatley Hearts in the Scottish Challenge cup now lads it's never good to suffer uh, a defeat to a non league side in uh, i mean it's the scottish version of the fa cup basically but since things have been going better for peter murphy over there at annan and annan are a team that i don't think struggle too much for money do you think that this is going to hinder peter murphy uh, and his future with Annan at all, as it sometimes does when a big team loses to a small team in these FA Cups. What do you think there, Wills? Do you think it's going to put a bit more pressure on Peter Murphy, or do you think a team like Annan just aren't necessarily focused on this?
1: Um, I mean, Kelty Hearts are in Scottish League One, so they're actually a division above Annan. What? <laughs> yeah, they're like very <laughs> new to the Scottish League, but they're like uh, kind of like. I guess they must have been really well funded. They kind of they won Scottish League Two last season, so they're yeah, the not... new Gretna.
2: What's going on?
1: <laughs> I think I think they're a bit more sustainable. I've heard good things about them anyway, but yeah, they they are a division above Annan. So, oh, that's what I get God, for not
2: doing my research.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I was, like, no. name,
2: I was like a name like that I won't be a
1: professional team. Like, a name like that, they may
2: as well be the Civil Strollers playing Gretna. You know, I mean, they probably were playing the
1: Civil Strollers last season. Well, not like,
3: fairness, I've never read them either. So, no, I've
1: uh, no, all right, he, fair You know so that probably... funny adventures guy. Yeah. He yeah. He talks about them a lot. They're kind of like they were kind of like his favourite team in non-league. But um yeah, like I'm not sure what's what's led to them being sort of like promoted up the leagues, whether they've had a big injection of cash or whether they just run really well. But um yeah, they are kind of like doing quite well for themselves now. Oh well, I'm, um, just, I'm just going to a put a big, on his- big line
2: through that where I said poor result on my notes. I just put a big line, <laughs> big line through there. And Murphy, I'm sure you're doing. <laughs> and Peter Murphy, if you are listening, I'm sure you're doing an absolutely fantastic job over at Annan. <laughs> and uh, don't listen not listen to what I have to say because I don't do me research. And uh, so, <laughs> well, not on, not on Scottish League one sides anyway, I suppose, unless we're going to sign somebody from them. We'll see. We'll see. Right. Anyway, moving on with the lone watch. Liam, you don't need to answer that question, obviously. Moving on with the lone watch. Lewis Bell played the full 90 as Gretna 08 beat Beatty star by three goals to nil. And he was also the first name on the score sheet on the day he scored after 20 minutes and mr bell gets himself his first goal for gretna o8 so he's really started to kickstart that loan spell turned it well I'd, I don't think he had to turn it around at Gretna 08. I'm pretty sure they just polished his boots and pushed him into the starting lineup. Max Gillespie, though, on the other hand, was somebody that has to earn his stripes and has pushed into the starting lineup. Sam Fishburn is on loan, number three of his career, number two of the season. Hopefully, he's gonna have enough about him to push into that Morpeth Town team. You'd assume. Liam, I'll give you this one. You'd assume that he's going to play against Lancaster City, right? You do that, don't you? Wouldn't you do that? <laughs> play against? You put him against his old team, wouldn't you?
3: Uh, well, I don't know. I, I I don't know enough about the lower league football in that in that regards. But I think there's some there in Sam Fishburne. So I and, and I think when he's gone down to that level, he's sure that he can be every bit of quality at that level. So I don't see why why not. He's, he's a new sign, and that's maybe why they put him on the bench first thing, but. Yeah, start him against it because how many goals did he score there? Was it like ele- eleven in seven or something daft like that? It was, it
2: was mad like that. Yeah, it was I think weird,
3: would not it, it? So it he's, was always, mad. he's proved himself at that level. So I'd 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 put him straight in the starting eleven.
2: Yeah, yeah. And um, in other loan-related news, Carlisle United's second-year youth goalkeeper by the name of Lewis Boyd has got out on a Works experience loan. Um figure that one out to Carlisle City so we're finally building that affiliation club with Carlisle City that I've been craving these last (laughs) couple of months so I'm happy with that um but guys do we have any any clue why a Gabriel Breeze or a Scott Simmons wouldn't have been interested in that loan or why Carlisle City wouldn't have Give him? Is it, is, it, is, it, is it just the pro deal thing? Because surely, like, does it work experience? We just carry on paying the wages for Gabriel and Simon's anyway if you let them go on loan. It's more about the experience. Will, why do you think Gabriel or Scott hasn't taken the opportunity to go out on loan to that level?
1: Um, I mean, I don't know. It's something that we kind of discussed last time is, you know, um, we've got four contracted professional goalkeepers right now and two of them are up and coming once from our own academy Mm -hmm. um why we aren't loaning them out because you'd think that at least one of them you, you you know you'd want to go out and get some experience um maybe we are trying to loan them out and maybe we're aiming a little bit higher than Carlisle City I don't know but um yeah um They thought it would have been good for one of them to go, but maybe you know, maybe they'll announce within the next week or something that one or both of them have gone out on loan to say, like a Conference North team or something like that. Could be they were just aiming higher. It'd
2: be great. It'd be great if it does. Obviously, there's only one goalkeeper on the pitch, less opportunities for a goalkeeper. We've got ourselves a little bit of a backlog of goalkeepers here. Liam, do you have a clue why Gabriel and Simon haven't uh, just? been able to get out on loan for the last year, basically.
3: Well, the way I, the way I look at that sort of situation is if you're going to get a keeper in to play all your games, you try and get them in as early in the window as you can, like what we did with Thomas Hawley, who was one of our first signings. Hmm. And I feel like Paul Simpson was very reluctant to give them away at the start of the window because he didn't know whether he was going to have that second-choice keeper in. He obviously got Kelly in the end, but for a long time he was, he was saying, I'd like... A second choice keeper, but I don't know if I'm going to have the funds for it. So I feel like he's kept them too long, to the point where any opportunities that would have come about, he hasn't let them go out on loan because he needed to make sure that he had a professional goalkeeper here. Um, and then by the time he got his professional goalkeeper here and, and the and you know them two young keepers were allowed to go out on loan, them opportunities had sort of passed because it was too late on in the winter. It's just just a theory, like it, mm. I could be completely wrong, but that's that's my impression of it was.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to see when these lads are gonna get an opportunity at Carlisle United. It really is. Um, you've got two of them vying for the same position, the same age. Eventually, one of them's gonna go out and get first team football. Both of them are gonna go out and get first team football. Maybe that uh, Simpson's not. Opposed to bringing through youth goalkeepers, he's done it before. He's brought through young goalkeepers before. I don't know why he's not necessarily pulled the trigger on these two. I don't know if I would have brought in Kelly. I think it was maybe a little bit unnecessary, but I don't, I, d- I just genuinely don't know. But apparently, Kelly's on peanuts anyway, so it's you know, I don't know. Yeah, I really and he's don't a know.
3: very good keeper as well. He, like, he, if, you, if you watch Fleetwood, I'm sure we'll speak about <laughs> it. It was absolutely unreal in that game.
2: Yeah, he definitely had his moments against Fleetwood, and he's he's a good communicator as well. You know what I mean? I, I mean, in a Papa John's Trophy game, you can really hear every shout on the pitch, and um, like he's a really good communicator. Like he looked after the young back line that he had in front of him against Fleetwood, or well, you could argue younger back a younger back line than normal, um, but. Yeah, we'll we'll plough on with a bit more news, gentlemen. And obviously the injuries have been absolutely farcical so far at the early point of the season. Paul Simpson this week has been quite quick to point out that we're not the only club suffering from this kind of an injury-hit squad. He's blaming it on the fact that it's the modern game and it's more intense than it ever has been. It's more physical than it ever has been. Um, And and therefore players just, just are going down injured more regularly. It's a good job we've got these big squads to deal with it, you know. And um, Wills, do you think that's what it is? Do you think it's 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 more physicality? Is it just bad luck? What what do you think this can contribute towards?
1: Um I don't know because I'd like to see what kind of injury issues other clubs are having. Because if it's just the physicality of the game, then you would say it shouldn't really affect us any more than anyone else. Um if it does, it does feel a bit like bad luck, um, especially in terms of like the position that the players who have gone out injured have been in. We've lost a lot of attacking options through injury. Um, it. I mean, yeah. So I'd I'd kind of like naturally just think it'd be bad luck. Interesting, uh, Paul Simpson's words on it. But I don't know, maybe being a manager, he just doesn't really like to talk about luck because it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a taboo thing as a football manager to say we were unlucky and that kind of thing.
2: Now, Morgan Feeney obviously pulled up with a hamstring injury, uh, which is why he was sitting on the bench for the Newport County game. And then Omari Patrick pulled up in the Papa John's Trophy with a a, a hamstring strain as well. And the hamstring pulls are very much a sign of overworking a muscle, overstretching the muscle repeatedly. Liam, do you think that the modern game is more about playing football than it ever has been? There are less and less and less long ball teams than there ever was. So players have to cover ground a lot more than they ever used to. Um, Do you think that, the modern game is like just to say from the last three seasons. Let's say, do you think it is more intense and it is more physical and it is more about running now?
3: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot more athletic. That's that's the word I would use for it. You've got to be a lot fitter. Like I remember a few seasons ago, Stephen Presley when he first came in, he had players that were obviously quite good but just weren't up to fitness, and that was that was his problem. I think if you if he tried that now. And it's only been three, maybe three or four years. And I think the difference now is, is massive because I don't think he'd be able to get away with that now. Like, you, look at, you look at our squad now. Wayne Moxon, he's absolutely brilliant, but you look at the first few games he played. He was really good in them, but he used to get tired towards the end of it. And he needed to be running a lot more. And, play, and clubs do run a lot more now. And the standard of League Two football over the last few years has really increased because you're getting clubs coming like like batter not batter um, definitely not batter um, Bradford and and them, these big clubs coming down with a lot of money and, and you, you're paying for these players and it's a lot more athletic than what it used to be
2: yeah I think I think you're absolutely right man I think that part of that Players down at this level need to be a lot more athletic than they ever used to be able to. Like when I first started going to Carlisle games, you had the likes of like uh, Parkins up front and like Kevin Pressman in goals, and these were like you know sixteen stone, seventeen stone big fellas, You know, like they weren't they weren't they weren't athletic types. They were there. They had their role to play though. You know, they they had that strength role. Maybe not so much Kevin Pressman, but Parky obviously put his weight around a little bit. Uh, obviously took defenders by turning the shoulder and dropping the shoulder on them and when a big man like that drops his shoulder on you you basically fall through the bar like um you know what i mean only fools and horses like that's yeah. that's kind of how it could go with a big man like that
3: well the um, one that comes to mind is anthony gellard because he was just like yeah. he could do that he could do the defending he was a big solid guy but he was slow as a pot horse, as my dad used to say and he, his fitness was just nowhere near what he couldn't play in the game now yeah. Absolutely could not play. The Anthony Gellard a few years ago that used to play for Carlisle could not play for a League Two team. Now he just wouldn't he wouldn't be able to keep up.
2: No, no, going back even further, you saw Kev Gray's, but he they, they all had tricks in the pocket back then, you know. Like, I remember Kev Gray doing this. i probably spoke about this before on the podcast, but Kev Gray had no chance of beating this like number nine back, and he was the last man back, and the ball went over the top. And Kevin Gray accidentally fell over in front of the number nine. So the number nine <laughs> fell over him, and obviously then <laughs> the goalkeeper had the opportunity to come out and just clear his lines with no problem. But he, you know, he Kev Gray had a couple of tricks. He knew he was losing the yards, but he had a couple of tricks to deal with it.
1: Yeah, I mean we're talking there about kind of like um pace. But um it's kind of, you know, I, I I always felt that Kev Gray had stamina. He might not have been the fastest, but I don't think he was unfit. You, um, yeah. Liam's probably right about Anthony Gerrard. He I don't think he was particularly known for any aspect of fitness. He was just <laughs> had some strength and, you know, he was clever, but the game has moved on a bit, but you know, there's different there's different types of fitness.
2: My name is Antonios Deriados. You remember that one? <laughs> oh, I
0: <don't. laughs>
2: Do I remember that? That no, was no. YouTube. he he, was, he had like a he had like a Roman helmet on his head, and it yeah. was like uh, I can't remember. Like it was some kind of uh, promotion for a game where they were trying to get a certain number of people to. Uh, do something I can't remember But he was like My name is Antonios Geriados, And I am A defendios For Carlisle United <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: I swear you dreamed this No like. you'll
2: find this On YouTube You'll find this I'm putting the link I'm putting the link On this episode right now <laughs> Like, I'm putting the link On this episode right now Um, But yeah you'll find it Put Anthony Gerard Carlisle United Into YouTube It'll come straight up Honestly it will I'll But I will good. put the link On this It's hilarious man My name is Antonios Geriardos Anyway Anyway Sorry I can't Can't do it again. Paul Simpson uh, was also... Quite cut in this week with his comments to the press. Paul Simpson had a lot of criticism for his squad and he singled out two individuals, one for praise and one for a bit of a kick in the ass. And the person he wants to give him a a bit of a kick in the ass to is Sonny Hilton. The man has came in on loan. There was a lot touted about him. Liam, I know that you were a fan of uh, Sonny coming in. You saw some decent highlights and uh, you were quite excited by the prospect. When he arrived, did you realise he was that short?
3: Uh, no. I, I, think, I think it's it's really funny watching him stand next to Thomas Hawley. It's such a has he
1: st- we were saying, has he stood next to him I saw it at Fleetwood? Lee. I saw <laughs> it at
3: Fleetwood. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, it's really harsh, but I laughed out loud. Like yeah. it's it's because he's a good player, Sonny Hilton. And he was good at he was good in that game, but he's just he's such a small man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well Paul Simpson was sort of basically saying when he shows these glimpses, you can tell that he's a really good player, but it, it's only small glimpses. He had three starts for Carlisle, two in the Papas, one in the Cabarau Cup, the Caribou Cup, or whatever you say it. Um, <laughs> and he just—he's he, had moments in games, but he's not—he's not setting the pitch on fire. He's not—he's not taking the game by the balls necessarily. And Simo just wants to see a bit more uh, fire in the belly, I think. Simmons came out with his comments because he thinks he, he he might be starting Hilton in the next game against Grimsby. But I who do you take out? Well, I think he's going to change things up, pal. I reckon he's going to change the formation around a little bit because... Is Omari Patrick really going to be fit for this game? Or, you know, Stretton, was he that impressive against Newport County? (laughs) So maybe you change the formation up a little bit. Maybe you make it all about Dennis up front and you give him more support around him. And, you you know, maybe you've got Gibson on one side. And, I mean, I can't really think. I mean, maybe even give Charters a chance. I don't know, like, on the other
3: side. You could take one of the centre-backs out put Gibson on the right wing and turn it into like a 4-3-3 and put Hilton in a, like an attacking midfield sort of role with Gibson out wide on the right. Maybe we'd with Moxon and Guy behind him, you take... Well, Feeney's injured now, or he might be injured, so you take him out of the back four, start with Huntington and Mellish as the two centre-backs, obviously the two full-backs stay the same, Um, and start Hilton in the midfield in replacing Feeney and you go to a more attacking sort of four-three-three sort of
1: thing. Okay. Did, you, either, did either of you actually get to watch any of the match? Now it turns out it was on iFollow and see Fleet what Wilson was saying. Like. I was there,
2: we were there. Yeah, I was there, I was there. We were there, yeah. <laughs> Newport. <laughs> oh, Newport, just like the sort of highlights, oh, really. I, I watched uh, it
1: on iFollow. I watched oh, it like, on iFollow, yeah. Yeah, I watched uh, it. Because um, the Newport, because I often read the. Um, Opposition view like a will kind of like read what's in the in, like in this case the South Wales Argos, and they were quite um complimentary towards Hilton. They felt that he were you laughing at <laughs> South Wales Argos. South Wales Argos. You know? Argos yeah. <laughs> 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 they were quite complimentary. Reminds me, it Reminds Hilton, me of reminds me of Hotel at Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, sorry. Yeah, they were quite complimentary towards Hilton. They thought that he was one of our biggest kind of like threats when he came on.
2: Hey, don't get me wrong; I've said like he, he does show glimpses, and like he did have a pretty decent time at Fleetwood. But it's
1: it, yeah. Simons it, had a bit of a go at him.
2: Simo's had a bit of criticism, and he's he's well, he's basically just said like when you're good, like just be more consistent. Like instead of being good for think, two touches, be good, good for fifteen minutes. You know, sorry, Liam. Yeah. Go on.
3: I think at Newport, it was probably his best performance in a Carlisle chase. I think when he came on, he did make a big difference. And I think that's what Paul Simpson was saying. I was thinking he was saying, you haven't been good in the past. You were good today. Be more like today and you'll start starting. Because that's I think he had a go at him because he'd played well today to try and get him to continue with that kind of form because he was a really good substitute and he looked dangerous at times. And there was a few instances where he has a good shot, he makes a good pass and you just think if you can start games and be consistent, you will be one of the best players on the pitch every week.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let's, let's, let's just hope it gets better for him, basically. I, I, I do fancy that formation change that you've mentioned, Liam. I really do. Uh, but somebody uh, that might not want to go away from a back five is Corey Whelan, who received a lot of praise, obviously, from Paul Simpson for scoring the goal. Uh, 50 appearances now at Carlisle. That's his first goal. He, he, he was pretty good, you know, in the cup. And then he, he, he was... It's it's been okay this season. It's been better this season than he ever was last season. I would definitely say. Um, do you think? And I'm just going to play devil's advocate here, guys. Do you think that Corey Whelan, because of the personality type that he is, is going to work better in a back free with Mellish and Huntington than Feeney can? Because Feeney's more of a leader.
3: Um. I think I think Whelan's similar though. I think he is because he was captain for was it? I think it was Liverpool, wasn't it? Liverpool. he was captain of Liverpool's under 23s Feeney was captain of Everton's under twenty three. So you've kind of got that little rivalry between them there. But I think <laughs> I think the, I think they're both similar in that regard in the sort of leadership role because he came out on the pitch because I thought they were going to give the armband to Huntington, but they gave they did trust Whelan with it. So I think. He is a straight swap for Feeney because I think they are. I think they are quite similar.
2: So you don't think you don't think, for example, that Wheelan and Huntington are going to gel better than Feeney and Huntington because there's going to be less or more of a personality clash.
3: No, I think I'll be honest. Without a more polite way of saying it, I think Huntington's piped down a bit since he's first started. I think he has kind of accepted you are the captain, and he's just focused on being a good centre back, which he which he has been. For quite a long time, Huntington now. So I, I think I think it was just a small thing on that one game, or one or two games that we noticed when they first came in. When I think Huntington was trying to adjust a bit. I think it doesn't really matter who he's with now because I think he has sort of learned and and learned to gel with the team a bit more.
2: All right. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, Wills, do you think at all that the personality were clashing in the first place between Feeney and Huntington and that maybe caused the back line a bit of unrest? Or do you think all of this stuff's getting dealt with now and there seems to be a better floor to the back three?
1: Yeah, I mean, we had some comments when Huntington first came in about Huntington and Feeney and maybe Huntington feeling that he was a senior player. Oh, you know, not necessarily thinking he was a senior player, but just his use to being the one telling other people where to go. Uh, but, I mean, you know, sometimes you can actually have that in a defence. You can have one who's a captain, but then one who's a more experienced defender or sometimes, you know, if you've got the, if you've got a goalkeeper who marshals the defence, sometimes you've got the goalkeeper who'll do that even though one of the defenders is actually the captain. So I think my professional footballers tend to be quite good at allowing the person who knows best to do the talking. And maybe there was a bit of a clash, but it doesn't seem to have been an issue lately. I can't see it being an issue with Corey Whelan. I think... Um, Neither Whelan or Feeney, when you know when playing as captains, are the particularly kind of like shouty kind of captain. I mean, they're both young captains, and mm-hmm. you know, young players who get the captain's armband tend to be a bit more thoughtful about it because maybe they, because maybe they are aware that there's quite senior players around them whose experience they need to use, or maybe they're kind of worried about pissing off players. So, yeah, I mean. I I don't know too much about Whelan's personality as captain because he's not really been in the first team for quite a while. But I, I wouldn't necessarily expect or be worried that there's going to be some kind of personality issue.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, In other blues news, gentlemen, as I like to call it, Dean Henderson is looking to add to his first and only England cap tonight against Germany. He's recently came out with some comments to say that he feels like he's a step behind fellow goalkeepers like Nick Pope and Aaron Ramsdale. Um, That's another little bit of a devil's advocate here. We'll just put our little predictions in the hat. We won't take too long about it. Who do you think is going to start the first game for England at the Qatar World Cup in Nets? Liam, go for it.
3: I'd put my house on it being Pickford and rightfully so. Because I think he just... Gareth Southgate, I don't really like his England manager, if I'm perfectly honest with you. I think he's far too much a creature of habit. Mm -hmm. Like, you can see that now. Today, I think the team that... I don't know because Nick Pope's playing, but I think roughly yeah. the, the team he's starting today will probably be very similar to the one he starts in the start of the World Cup. And like you've got players that aren't even playing for the club, like Harry Maguire on this starting, and he's just literally just dropped Tamori from the squad. I know I'm going to, on a bit of a side tangent here, You're but, all right. yeah. but Tamori, you've got Harry Maguire. It has been dreadful for Man United. Every single game Maguire has started this season in all competitions, United have lost and England. And then you've got the player like Tamori, who's just won the league with AC Milan, uh, being one of their best players, and he doesn't even get in the squad. He's just such. He's got such favourites Gareth Southgate that it it really does wind us up. Uh, and Pickford's Pickford's an example of it, but I think he's one of the less extreme examples of it because he he has been playing well at club level. And he always does kind of play well for England. So I think that combined with Gareth Southgate never changing anything ever. I've 99.9% chance Pickford starts the first game in the World Cup.
2: <laughs> Will, who are you saying starting the first game at the World Cup in goal? Pickford. Really, Pickford as well?
1: Well, because he's just... Uh, I mean... Um, you know without going on the same kind of like uh, rant about Gareth Southgate <laughs> he's, been, he's, he's, be, he's, he's been England's number one so for him not to start the world cup would be a dropping and i don't think we're about to drop uh you know number one
2: Ah, fair enough. I'd say on paper Ramsdale is your better choice. Like he plays, yeah. like a higher level. Um, he's got a couple of caps under his belt, and I think he's a better performer to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I I've the got the thing to,
3: is I, though. Well, another thing with that is, if you were gonna drop Pickford, it would have been before the Euros because at that time, it was dropping stinkers for Everton, yeah. and now that he's actually playing quite well for Everton, you, you don't drop him now if you were gonna drop him you drop him at the start of that Euros and then he came and went was one of our best players in the Euros. So I, I can't I can't see a world where he doesn't play every single game without getting injured.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, that was that was a nice little England tangent. I'm sure we've got an England <laughs> special in us at one point in the future, probably during the World Cup or something like that. Um Carla United came from behind to beat Fleawood on penalties in the Papa John's Trophy, because that's how that cup works now um the announcer in the stadium honestly honestly it sounded like this because when the full-time whistle went there was that many people that turned towards the turnstiles and started like, leaving the announcer sounded like he was like scrambling to the microphone to stop people from leaving he was, like <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 the game will now finish in penalties, you know. It was, it, was... <laughs> <laughs> like, it was madness. It was absolutely madness. Am I sound level still okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um But it was absolutely madness. But yeah, um, the game finished on penalties. Guys, during the game, obviously, the worst thing to come out of the game is probably the fact that Omari oh, Patrick pulled up with a hamstring and then he mm-hmm. wasn't be able to start the game against Newport County. We don't know how long, necessarily, he's going to be out of the squad on a precautionary basis for. Um, but for players like Charters, Harris, Whelan, Hilton, Bolando like uh, Carr, who started that game, and uh, obviously Ellis as well, players like that, surely... <laughs> The Papa John's Trophy maybe has its place. How how do you feel about that, Will? They need these 90s, don't they? These players need these 90s to be ready.
1: Well, you're kind of suggesting if there is a second-rate competition. And if someone had (gasps) had suggested... (laughs) If that had been like an idea and there wasn't an existing thing and, you know... To have a competition where we can kind of like test these sort of players Well it's not It's honest, not, it's that not that what before. it was
2: It's literally not what it was It's not the trophy we won in 95 It's not the trophy that we won in uh, 2000 It's not It's not the same trophy anymore It's not the all-win all screen It's not the LDV It's the Papa John's trophy It's a fucking second-rate trophy they You know what I mean? Be.
1: That's it. So, like, let's start treating it like what it is, and then maybe we can get behind it. Trophy. (laughs) I mean, we did. You know, teams did tend to rest players for it in the early rounds when there weren't all the B teams in it. Just like, just like Premier League teams do in the early rounds of the FA Cup and League Cup. You know, so um, you know the uh, the lineup that we put out against Fleetwood. Probably isn't that different to the sort of lineup that we would be putting out if they had never introduced the B teams and changed the format of the trophy. So um, I don't, I don't think in its current format it provides us with anything that it didn't before. Yeah. Even though it is good to you know have a chance to blood these players and maybe people care about the trophy even less now, so it's even more encouraged that we could just use it for this reason. But, you know, there's, there's other ways to do that. You don't have to, like, take, take away a trophy that the fans care about and turn it into something else.
2: Yeah, I understand that point of view. Liam, is that pretty much your point of view, that last bit there? Well,
3: I, I, just, I just don't see why they have to ruin that competition. If you're going to have a second-rate competition like that, you've already got it. You've got the Central League Cup, you know you've got reserve cups to play players like this. Why have you like? It's like imagine one day we we take the FA Cup and say right, the Premier League players aren't uh, Premier League teams aren't in it anymore. Uh, we'll have youth players from the Championship. Like why are you doing that to a competition that everybody <laughs> already knows and loves? Make a new one if you're gonna if you got if you want a competition like that, make a new one. Don't ruin an already existing trophy. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a shambles that competition, and it's a real shame because I think. Although it is, you can have that point of view where you think, oh, it's a second rate competition now. We'll play reserves. But I think there's a sort of bigger issue with the competition now, in that it's sort of a gateway of like having those under 21s teams be acceptable. Like, I saw some rumours that they're going to start doing that in the League Cup now. And I think we're only sort of 10 years away now from us playing like Man United under 21s in League Two like what they do in Scotland and Spain and and Germany and, and places like that. Because I think that's the real danger of the Papa John's Trophy now, is that it's becoming that sort of gateway into that happening in the future. And I think you're, that's what a lot of people's problems are with it.
2: You're, you're not necessarily a fan of loans either. And if there wasn't these opportunities for these under-23 teams to, you know, play competitive games they'd be they'd be at your club on loan do you know what i mean they'd be all over the league on loan doesn't that screw up the football pyramid more that like we're not getting the opportunity to raise our own players and be able to put value behind them push them into the first team it's a good route for like players like Carr and ellis to one day become six figure players and really get noticed you know i've just uh it's better than having all these lads in on loan
3: I, I, I've put them players that are on loans shouldn't belong to them clubs in the first place.
2: So they shouldn't have under 23 squads.
3: I've, yes, but you shouldn't. The way I would have it, right? I, it's not. I've it's not a thought quite a bit about they should, they should limit the amount of loans. They should limit being able to buy players from. You, sh- you should have to pay a sort of compensation for. Or even. Because there's no point in you buying a player and then chucking them straight into the under-23s. I think that needs to stop. And I think players like, you know, you'll get the odd one like Jared Brantway and that, but then you'll also get players like Josh Galloway who who, who left because it ruins a lot of young players' careers when they have a genuine chance of breaking into the first team at a club like Carlisle and they go to these Premier League under-21s teams and completely ruin their career just over a little bit of money. And that's what happens. And that's what's happened with like the likes of, the likes is the only one I can think of off the top of my head. But Josh Galloway, he's playing at Annan now and he's not even playing games. He went to Leeds for a bit of money. You know, it's it's a broken system that I think needs fixed. I think these players, get these Premier League under-21s teams and let them grow their own players from their youth academy. Stop buying players from the likes of Carlisle and, the, you know, the lower league clubs. Let them have their youth players when they're good enough to go and play in the Premier League that's when you buy them into the Premier League. don't buy every single youth player available because that was the problem with Chelsea, didn't they have like forty odd players out on loan at one point?
2: Yeah, some adapt <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. That's yeah. the
3: problem. The problem isn't we've got not we we sh- us Premier League teams should have a place to put our under twenty ones. No, if you've got no way of playing these players, don't buy them in the first place. That's, yeah. that's my point of view it.
2: well said well said well said <laughs> mate well said Will, are you happy with that shall we move on any more comments to the Papa John's
1: <laughs> yeah no I, I agree with most of what Liam said
2: yeah, well said.
1: Absolutely. Just you well, like well to said. wind us up again. I have to play. <laughs>
2: I have to play devil's advocate. Play, I have to play devil's advocate sometimes, otherwise we don't get these I did, uh, debates.
3: I did go up. I did go on a bit there, like.
2: That was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. You went full circle with it and really brought it home. I enjoyed that rant, man. It's great. Uh, we'll move in. We'll move on rather and dive in to the match report of Carlisle United's game against Newport County that ended in a one-all draw at the weekend. As I always do, I'll give you the Carlisle United starting lineup for the game. There was Hoyley in nets, back Huntington, Whelan, Mellish, and Armour across the back five with Gibson, Guy, and Moxon, that old reliable midfield trio, with the not too experienced Stretton, with the very much more experienced Dennis up front. Lads, is this pretty much what you expected when Patrick Omari went down with a hamstring injury? Do you think we were always going to stick to the formation and Stretton was going to get his chance? Liam, I'll let you have a little bit of a rest after that rant. Uh, (laughs) Wills, what do you have to say about Stretton getting started in the game here?
1: Yeah, I've got the impression over the last few sort of games where Stretton's come on that The Simo kind of fancies him a bit. Maybe, you know, see something in training that thinks he is a good player. Not sure that we're really seen it on the pitch yet. Um, And, you know, we're still kind of like looking, you know, just looking at him as kind of like someone who's come in on loan and he's seeming to make up the numbers a bit because we need someone to put up front and we're just waiting for Toby Show-Silver to come back or... Ryan Edmondson, or Amari Patrick, or or like anyone, but um, whether, <laughs> yeah, um, whether Stretton you know, whether Stretton will fall down the pecking order once those players are back, I don't know, or whether kind of Simo does see something in him and feels that he has a part to play.
2: Yeah, I mean Liam, did this kind of confirm for you the fact that we were playing Stretton, didn't necessarily have a good game again, and that we need to change formation going into the next game?
3: I think we need to change formation purely because we don't have any more strikers. I don't think it's any <laughs> yeah. it's no fault it's no fault of the formation. I like the formation, the the five three two or three five two, whatever you want to call it. I like the formation, but we can't play it when we don't have a second striker. You know, Because I genuinely believe the perfect player for us at the minute would be Toby Shaw Silver. I genuinely, because I think a lot of these chances that we're missing, you know, Toby Shaw Silver, he doesn't have, he's not as skillful as Patrick by any sense of the word. He's not the fastest, but what he can do is, you know, when, he, when he's got the ball at his feet, he's got a really good shot on him. And a little un, sort of lesser appreciated quality of him is that when the ball's sort of in his feet, like, you know, you, you see a lot of players like that and the ball gets caught in the feet and they lose it, he's really, really good at sorting his feet out, Toby Shaw Silver, and getting a shot away. And, and that's what I think we've needed. So I think until we've got him back, our only two centre forwards are Dennis, who you would argue isn't much fit anyways because he was injured for a little bit as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Patrick he was at is, risk for the new pod, yeah, yeah, he was at
3: risk, wasn't he? he, he wasn't, yeah. I don't think he was fully fit himself. And Stretton, who's been god-awful, to put it <laughs> bluntly, <laughs> Uh, I think there is there is a chance that we see the same formation, but with a front two of Dennis and Ballardo. Because I think I genuinely think that's what's going to happen next week. I think we're going to see Nick Ballardo given a chance.
2: It's a big shout! It's a big shout! Come
1: on, it came on, didn't he, in the Newport game?
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he played a large part of Fleetwood as well, didn't he? Because Patrick pulled up, so
3: I think yeah, that's he kinda... like seventy minutes.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, drank, yeah. he had a pretty good game as well. You know, he did his bit. He definitely did his bit. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see Blando get a chance, but it's, it's it's one of them, mate. It it does feel like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel, unfortunately. And if, if we're going to stick in that formation, yeah, we probably will because we haven't had too many days to prepare for the game. So to change formation when you've only got like, they probably didn't train, or train on Could Sunday. Could stick Mellish
1: up front. <laughs> Well, you could. I know, you've always been an advocate of that, haven't you, (laughs) Liam? It's happened before, it's happened before.
2: You absolutely could always stick Mellish up front, that's true, that's true. Um, I mean, in this game, uh, Mellish didn't necessarily get off to the best of starts. It's harsh to say that he was perhaps at fault for the goal. I'll talk you through Newport's opening goal. The ball was going down the left and Gibson was absolutely ripped open by the attacker left for dead. And the attacker crosses the ball into the box. It's taken off the foot of John Mellish. And um, I mean, Huntington, I don't know if it's just like a freak touch from the attacker. It goes over Huntington's head, Huntington maybe should have been able to communicate with his goalkeeper better here. Maybe there was maybe a lack of communication at fault. Obviously, Mellish not being able to close down the ball and uh, allowing the attacker to take the ball a little bit disappointing lads. If you look at Huntington's body language during this, you can see that Thomas Hoyley is absolutely livid and he has a little bit of a go at Huntington and Huntington basically turns around and just says, come on, man, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> is, that because, is that because Paul might feel the goal was probably a little bit his fault? Liam, what do you think about that goal?
3: I just don't understand how it happened. I remember watching that on the telly and I thought, oh my god, how have they scored? Because <laughs> we were absolutely all over them for yeah. that entire first half. And it's just I, I honestly, I can't I can't even pinpoint what really went wrong because it just seemed like the defence were nowhere near each other. Like it's a simple pass between sort of Mellish and Huntington, who can neither of them can get a tackle on. There's so much space for him. I, I don't know whether Huntington tried to drop back while Mellish maybe tried to play an offside trap, and there was a little bit of lack of communication there.
2: It was like one of their attackers fell over in the box as well. I think that might have like you know confused yeah. people about who to pick up, kind of and, thing. And
3: as well, they weren't really getting ready for it for it to, to defend because Gibson was meant to be on the on the ball, and he lost it, which was you know it's soft, isn't it? I think it, I think uh, you know Moxon or Callum Guide don't lose that if you're a bit stronger, you maybe don't lose out on that, but it was just it was just a collapse at the back. And I honestly I I remember watching it, I think that's the first shot they've had. You know, it's not Thomas Holdy's fault by any stretch of the imagination, but it was just such a poor goal to concede. It reminded me so much of like Stephen Presley times when things started to go bad, you know, when everything was just completely disjointed. It just looked it was a weird, freaky, off all goal to concede.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, Will, does it once again come down to being a freaky bit of bad luck or, you know, do we really have to start looking at these defenders and going, maybe putting a big Paul Huntington band over the defence wasn't the best thing to do?
1: Well, I mean, there was an interesting touch that was made by the player who scored the goal when he, um, when the cross comes in and he comes absolutely bombing in at some pace. Yeah. And, Takes Mellish by surprise, I think, just that he's come in that quickly. Um he gets his foot to the ball. And yeah, and then and, and then it's a bit weird what happens after that because he kind of like plays it over Paul Huntington's head. But
2: if he did that on purpose, that's pretty yeah, great, maybe but... maybe,
1: <laughs> maybe yeah. So I mean he he beats John Mellish to the ball and You know, you don't normally see players coming in at that speed onto a cross like that. Uh, Melish, we've talked about Melish's awareness before that he's not the sort of player who would be first to pick up on something like that, a player coming in like that. Um, It gets a touch. Maybe there is a little bit of luck after that. Huntington has I mean Huntington has to change direction or back pedal so even though it makes Huntington look a bit stupid that the ball's been dinked over his head and then picked up on the other side the player you know the onrushing player's got that much momentum and Huntington's not got the momentum that he is kind of like a put off a bit I probably put most of the blame on John Mellish for that goal
2: yeah, fair analysis,
1: man, fair analysis. Um, whether Holy could have done better. I mean, Holy does come out, but no, yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at it now, but it comes if out. If Holy's really body language.
2: Like it's not his fault.
3: He doesn't Holy. have a chance,
1: yeah. You can't quite oh. tell on the perspective. Sometimes it looks like he gets really close to it, but he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I'd blame John Mellish and then add that it's the it's one of John Mellish's weaknesses and he is an interesting player
2: but also but a he... freaky goal also a freaky goal but also
3: a... he doesn't have to defend that if Jordan Gibson doesn't stupidly give away the ball in his own half yeah
1: yeah, yeah. i mean john the, the way jordan gibson gives the ball away it's one of them things that you know we notice it when it leads to a goal um but yeah, you know, winners yeah. probably do give the ball away in that situation sometimes and it doesn't lead to a goal and you barely notice it. Um, it'd be nice if it'd be nice if they didn't, but maybe if you're you know, maybe if you looked at the kind of like the division as a whole, maybe like the wingers in that division that is kind of like, you know, usually aren't the best at kind of keeping on to the ball in those situations. Um yeah, I I put the blame on Mellish. Yeah, uh, I mean... It was, it was, it, it was, it was a bit of an unusual goal. Just the way he runs onto it, flicks it up to himself, and finishes it. Well done to him. And if that's what he intended, then maybe there's just nothing we could have done about it. I don't know. Absolutely no way he intended to do that. <laughs> you know,
2: it could be the best goal of the season. Could be an absolute yeah. freak of nature.
1: I but, don't uh... think Huntington was that much to blame because of what I said about the momentum of the striker versus him having to turn. Around. I mean, I think it's, supposed it's quite difficult if the ball comes over your head and you've got to suddenly turn and run or, you know, not you know, not show your back to the striker who's running on. He's in a difficult position there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely against the run of play. Like, Carlisle started very brightly. And after the goal, it kind of just seemed to peter out. But again, Carlisle did come out quite well for the second half Hilton uh, having his part to play, but the goal came in the 75th minute. There was a corner kick brought into the box front of to the edge of the six yard box on that near post side flicked on by armor and the Newport County defender just sort of nutmegged him, I guess, and hit off his knee and it set up perfectly. For Corey Whelan, who scored his first goal for Carlisle United. Um, it was a decent finish for Corey. He had a fair few people in front of him. And you could see how much it actually meant to him in the celebration. I mean, hats off to Corey Whelan. Nice routine. Nice routine, wouldn't you say, Wills? Nice set piece routine there.
1: Yeah, I mean, Armor did well to get to the ball ahead of the defender that was, you know, that was marking him, because you know, it looks like he's it's up against sort of like quite well number nine. That there, uh, that would probably be a striker. Um, but yeah, you know, it just gets it gets his head to the ball and like flicks it into a dangerous area where potentially anything can happen. Um So you know, we get a bit lucky with the with the ball coming off, but that's why you put the ball into those kind of areas because it unsettles the. I mean, you know, similar to the goal they scored against us, you do things that might not come off because it turns the opposition around and they don't know what to do. And, um, you know, we were, like, waiting for the ball to come loose and Corey Whelan was the one who reacted quickest. And, you know, a good finish as well from him because he doesn't just run and blast it, but he runs and, you know, side-foots it into the... sort of past the goal, you know, um, far side of the goalkeeper who then can't react quick enough to it. So... You know, it's yeah. It's Looking again, it is it, it it is a nice finish.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Liam, I mean, it's is it, is it enough to keep Corey Whelan in the starting eleven?
3: Well, well, he's he's done himself a favor, hasn't he? You know, he, he's got as many goals as Callum Guy now in exactly half as many appearances. <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I just I just thought I'd mention that. As a, no <laughs> a centre back. But uh
1: <laughs>
3: it's difficult because he's got such a, a solid defence to break into, I think. Um but he, if Morgan Feeney's injured, he's he's definitely not getting dropped for anyone else, I don't think. It was definitely I shouldn't spoil one of the match, but he, he he definitely was probably the best player on the pitch for Carlisle. Um And he got a goal to cap it off as well. It wasn't just his goal that made him a good player today because he played really well even without it. I think he was the strongest of all three centre-backs on the day. It's just whether Paul Simpson sees him as his long-term centre-back in that back line or whether he sees him as like a wheel coming whenever anyone else is injured.
2: Yeah, yeah. Fair play, fair play. There was chances for both teams to win the game towards the end. There was a long throw from Newport County that found its way, flicked across the six-yard box, and Thomas Hoyley did really well to gather. Uh, He made it look easy, in fact. And then there was a moment that Paul Huntington Smash the crossbar on a sort of half volley attempt that made him look very, very athletic. That would have been a very, very nice goal if he had scored it. Lads, the game finished one-one. We all predicted that Carlisle were gonna win the game. So surely, Liam, that's two points dropped, right?
3: It's away from home, which adds a, a little bit more context to it. But I think I think I think you you'd expect us to win that game. Paul Simpson was very happy afterwards. He said it was two points dropped. So I'm just gonna go with him and say, you you expect better, but we didn't lose. And, and it's that famous saying of you win your home games, draw away from home, and and we've done that. But I I would expect us to win that game, and you know from from a losing position as well. You've got to keep in mind, but yeah. Probably it's probably two points dropped, yeah,
2: yeah wills do you feel like two points dropped, Are you a bit disappointed by the Newport county results?
1: yeah, I mean, it looked like we had the better chances, especially towards the end, um, and Newport. Aren't the team that they used to be. I feel like I'm just saying that because I saw Liam's podcast, and that was like, <laughs> it's like that the, the news and star article and what Simo said. I'm watching the highlights over my preparation for this, so but um, yeah, Newport well, started a 10, start of the season 10 home
3: games without a win now, so that's that's where it is.
1: Yeah, they'd lost a few in a row as well, Newport, so um, you know, it seemed like they were there for the taking, um always kind of you know feels a bit more like you've won something or you've earned something if you come from behind to get a draw but kind of like what we we're talking about with rochdale where we've gone up against a team where if we want to be in amongst the promotion race you know you've got to be beating these teams
2: yeah yeah um Foxy's featured man of the match time boys and i feel like liam already let the cat out the bag so <laughs> i'll let you quickly go first pal
3: I swear I do this every time. I, I didn't need, I,
2: I need stop leaking my mind
3: in the match too early. But yeah, it's going to be Corey Whelan, isn't it? And I think he he thoroughly deserves it because he was our best player on the pitch. Plus he got a goal. Even without the goal, he was probably still our best player. But yeah, Corey Whelan, good solid performance. It, it's hard to drop him now, I think. So yeah, him for me.
2: Yeah, I'm going to agree with Jim mate, for all the reasons that you said earlier. Uh, Corey Whelan, definitely, he contributed the most towards the game defensively and also, obviously, with the goal in attack. So, for me, that equals man of the match material. So, I'm giving him my man of the match. Wills, who are you giving your man of the match to for the Newport County game?
1: It's got to be Cordy Whelan and um, it's it, it's a bit of a dirty man of the match because I've got so little information to go on and it seems that everything that I've looked at has praised Cordy Whelan. Simo, <laughs> Simo singled him out for praise, Liam singled him out for praise, the News and Star singled him out for praise and he scored. And I watched the highlights and I couldn't see anything to say that anyone else should get it. So it has to be.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that's the first time we've all agreed on the Man of the Match, but um, it's going to boost him up the charts very quickly. um, And he needs it, to be fair, if he wants to
1: win. Yeah, and It's not necessarily a good thing that we all agree either, because it kind of suggests that no one else really stood out. Yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Moving past the match report, gentlemen We've got two games in the week We've got Grimsby and then we have Crewe Normally, I ask you for your predictions of scores I'm going to ask you how many points you think we're going to get from the two games I'll go first to give you both a chance to think So you're not both being put two
3: on Two the two, sorry
2: uh, We've got Grimsby and uh, Crew. Grimsby and Crew, Crew sitting in eleventh, and Grimsby Town are um, where whereabouts are Grimsby Town in the league? Just above us. Just above us. Okay, okay. So I would be fine with. I mean, I'd be. I'd like. I'm obviously like six points. It's a game in hand against Grimsby, so at, you know, both teams above us. Oh, God, guys, this is actually a difficult one, isn't it? Um, I, I, it would be great to get six points because you'd imagine that I'd like, land us into like, the playoffs, basically, if we won both of those games. We haven't done a great job of playing against teams above us yet this season. So I think it would be really, really optimistic for me to guess that we're going to beat both of them. Um, so at home, we're doing quite well. So I'm going to say we're going to beat crew at home, but we might be drawing against Grimsby midweek. So I'm going to say four points from the two games. Uh, Wills, what are you going to predict? How many points from the next two? Um,
1: I'm going to predict three because I think two very difficult games. um, And just kind of feel like we feel like we're likely to lose at least one of them. If we, if we get six points or even four from these two games, then I think that'll be kind of like a massive kind of like um, step up in our season from kind of like, will we, won't we too? Actually, this could be a really good season for us to get like a decent number of points from these games. Um, three, I feel even like I'm being a little optimistic because I'm saying that we are going to beat one of them. But I think we have it in us to beat good teams from that, you know, on the on some occasions and hopefully one of those occasions will be next week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Liam, who, how many points?
3: Uh, three, three. Uh, we've got a good record against the relegated teams from last season. Uh, so I think we'll beat crew, but I'd I really, i really like Grimsby this season. I, I don't, I can't see us getting much from them. So, but at, at the same time, we've only lost one game all season in the league. So, It's entirely possible that we get four, and I think four would be really positive coming from them too. But realistically, I think three is probably what's average. Would what's probably going to happen? Three.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think all very sound assessments, gentlemen. And just before I let you both go, before the end of the podcast, it's time for On This Day. And on this day in 1963, Frank Kirkup registered a hat-trick for the only time during his two-year stay at the club when Carlisle United beat fellow Division 4 promotion hopefuls Aldershot. shot, by four goals to nil at Brunton Park. The other goal scorer was Huey McElroy. And, gentlemen, my question to you two oh, is... Go. That's right, here we
1: go. impossible question. Here we go. <laughs> How many assists did Huey McElroy no 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 no, my... no, 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 I feel like I'm being nicer this no. week. I feel like I'm being nicer this week. No. Um,
2: Huey McElmoy has a stadium, uh, a statue. Huey McElmoy has a statue outside of Brunton Park, and um, deservedly so. My question to you two gentlemen is if Carlisle United decided they were going to build another statue somewhere around Brunton Parks, who would you nominate to be said? statue um it's a very instinctual sort of question maybe and i'm hoping you've got something that's jumped to your mind and you're happy to land on liam denwood what have you got pal
3: Well, there was rumours of a long time ago that they were going to make a Jimmy like a Jimmy Glass statue, like out of glass in the town (laughs) centre.
1: Can you remember that? How long would that last? (laughs) Well, that's something. I assume
3: it's some pretty good glass, like you you can't just break. But but I think it'd probably not made out of glass because that would not only would it be really delicate, it would be really expensive. But you've got to have a Jimmy Glass one, haven't you? I think. I mean, he only played three. was it three or four games for the club on loan (laughs) but that that image of him with his arms out like that you know it's on all the shirts it's on the pin badges and all that i think you've got you've got to have a jimmy glass statue outside i think
2: Uh, okay 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 i definitely think he's got a claim wills have you landed on somebody you'd like to nominate if there was to be another statue
1: yeah peter murphy and i think the reasons speak for themselves yeah, It's like, um, you know, most appearances for an outfield player also scored two of our most important goals in history, the, uh, the winner against Stevenage in the conference final and the winner against Brentford in the um, Johnson's Payne trophy final.
2: Yeah, yeah, quite right, mate. I would have gone for Peter Murphy as well for pretty much the same reasons. Well, mainly the first one you said, you know, the the most uh, played outfield player in a Carlisle United shirt. So, I mean...
3: He's got that banner, hasn't he? That's really cool. So I, yeah. he, doesn't he doesn't need, need a it. He doesn't need a no, I mean, I, mean, I mean that's more reason to give me. All right, he, All right, he yeah. would have been. He would have been my second choice. To be fair, it's just I I, 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 I remember somebody telling me this bizarre story about how the council were trying to build a, a Jimmy Glass statue made out of glass for a while. <laughs> I've, I've no idea if that's true, but that's what immediately jumped to my mind. You know, it's a good job Celtic never
1: built a Danish tattoo statue. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me well on that note gentlemen <laughs> it's been an
2: absolute pleasure That's to have...
1: Melbourne.
2: I mean anywhere <laughs> anywhere
1: that should be played for
2: um, it's been an absolute pleasure gentlemen uh, this has been episode 85 of the Blue Army podcast it's been an absolute pleasure for you both to have joined me and there's nothing else really for us left to say apart from Bye for now. All
1: right.
0: Bye. <laughs> <laughs>